This is Jeremy Renta. And this is Amy Solara. And you have discovered Mantra and Magic. A podcast where Eastern philosophy meets Western magical practice. everybody welcome to another week of mantra and magic podcast we're so glad to be doing this one because we had technical difficulties last time and this time it's all working out beautifully and we're here with a lovely friend of mine that i got to meet in a very magical setting in the oregon woods and learn how to sing in a way that honored my body and my spirit and my identity as woman in a whole new capacity and I have been I think literally resonating since because it was just such an amazing workshop that I got to take with her and since then I've also been just in such a place of being able to bless other women's lives by sharing her music and sharing her work and sharing her website and all the things that um she offers as tools and as classes and uh, I can't wait for you to get to know her too because I know that in this conversation you're going to find inspiration you're going to find lineage and ancestry and magic and I think you might even get a chance to meet your muse just by meeting her welcome to mantra and magic Maria Stark thank you so much it's uh, lovely to be here. I loved the beginning, the inklings of our conversation at the at the roots from a few weeks ago. So I'm really excited to see what's springing up through the ground here as we're connecting today on a most auspicious day in October. Monday, magic. <laughs> <laughs> so you just released your new album, Sapphire. I did all the beautiful videos that go with it. How are you feeling after that? Uh, yeah, it's been almost a month. It's been almost a month. A month this coming Thursday, and I feel good. I'm in the I'm in the afterbirth. You know, we there's so much the 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 preparation and the gestation and the actual birth. Oh, and then like the whole fourth trimester reality of of creating this library of content and like spirit and and muse encrusted processes um is it feels like a, having given birth to a light baby and i'm in the aftershock i'm like in the, i'm i'm delighted i'm exhausted i'm mourning i'm celebrating and there's just now i have like a baby to raise like it's not done <laughs> like we there's all this other stuff to do but now other people are included in the, the happening other than like because before it was just like i was me and my creative team were living in this whole world and dreaming it up and like now everyone else is can partake in it and now we get to be like okay how do we what more is there to do in this world? It's living now and it's it's a it's a living space. Wants tending. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty raw space. Like <clears throat> that it's almost like a vulnerability because now that it's out there, mm -hmm. you can't keep tweaking it, you can't keep perfecting it. You just have to trust that mm -hmm. you did everything you could to get it ready for its life. <laughs> now totally. it's living it. Totally. Yeah. That's the beauty of live performance, though, right? Like it continues to evolve and to you can adapt and change things and 
bring different things, different interactive elements into your live show? Yeah, I'm excited to do live shows again. I'm excited to make this into a live show. I was really looking forward to that. And we got started on the process. And I think when that time comes, there's going to be so much more new information and insight about Sapphire. And so it, I trust the timing of it. I'm actually, I'm really excited to play it live. Did you do Lineage live? Like performed it live? Mm-hmm. I, I I've performed those songs in live settings. You know, I have, um, it often, Lineage was a special album because it came like I, I, I have like a couple different rivers of, of muse, I think that I play with and lineage came from this river of muse that was more part of this body of work that I consider ministry work. That's, uh, it's more like m- my music therapist <laughs> and facilitator training kind of involved. And so it's more about like holding circles and being with people and, and, and facilitating experiences where other people are participating through singing and those songs specifically were meant to be sung in circles so I've done a lot of immersions with women where we're doing like the one that you came to um like it that body of work is a workshop it's workshop music so we get into interpersonal play and getting into like those become pathways to for women to access their own songs that are sourced in some of the same content but from their perspective of their own history of womb and lineage and experience of the mother and so in that way I've played that I've I've shared that body of work live and and there's other things I think that lineage would want to do but um I think sometimes when we have like a vision of something sometimes that energy gets uh adopted by another vision and it's not like oh it changes or it dies it's just like nope all of that life force energy is actually meant to go over here now and so that's i think what what has been cycling and all of that's kind of infusing itself into the stage show that wants to come through for sapphire which who knows you know by next year or two years from now it could totally change again we'll see Yeah, what you're saying definitely sounds um, one of my favorite sayings and one of my partner's least favorite sayings is you're entitled to your actions. You're not entitled to the fruit of your actions. And so, yeah, so many of your songs are just begging to be taken by another group and to have something done with it. So live performance and being able to sing with other people and seeing how the group actually does something else with it is just it's begging to be done with all of all of your albums have such a different sound to them. You know, whether it's the kids album or, or if it's your new album. So it's uh, that's something that I know as you as we kind of have this time, like you said, in this fourth trimester that you have of having released the music, being able to sit with it and to kind of even workshop it, I would imagine in uh, small groups with having people over must be really must be really potent for you as a performer and as a as a therapist. Yeah, well, you know, this is it's going to be fun for me because I'm I'm doing in November I'm doing an online course called Courting the Muse, which is my first like open gender songwriting course online that is not steeped in womb wisdom as the container for ceremonial inquiry, but rather like I get to now use this myth of Sapphire and all of the storylines to create a context for people to journey with myth- mythos and personal mythology and and calling forth messages from the soul. So it gets to be a really fun experience and exploration, like you said, to like workshop 
um, with a group of people of like of opening doors of of magic through these songs, but that get to bring people in to participate with like, well, what, how does this land for me? And actually, what's my access point through some of the doors that I walked through in my own imagination to get call through some of these songs and I'm going to just like open some of those doors for other people like oh these are some doors let's go there creatively together and see what what the, the mystery reveals to you through your lens of creation mm -hmm. she wants to say something she's thinking about it there I, it know. Is. I was like why is that not working I'm muted um I was looking at that at your page of courting the muse and I was like oh that sounds so magical um and it's it's the unification of what this podcast wants to be right of talking about how words become the doorways words become the spells words are the the vehicle that carries the energy and helps direct it as well and um and to add sound to that and because our language isn't sanskrit it isn't hebrew it isn't these languages that are magical in and of themselves where you say a letter and you get an entire gamut of mythology and stories and meaning and blessing and cursing and all the things that go with it we speak an english word and you have to figure out the connotation not just the definition and so is that something that you guys kind of explore as they're crafting the words that go with it well i mean i th i think you know it's so fun that you're talking about english and language you know i have gotten more interested in etymology of, of, of late because because i want to find out you know we're not as we learn our language steeped in the origin points of it and yet the, if we go back far enough we do see like we do start uncovering like oh this was a there was a doorway to some like weird myth like we start start studying the roots of the english language we're just not it's not infused in our lexicon of understanding but i think it's still there and and yet english has these other gifts of of portrayal that are that i think is yeah it's like anytime we have a a, a language organizes mental images in a unique way and it organizes multi-dimensionality and relationship to mind and to what's arising in the nature of reality in a unique way and so it's just like okay well what how how can we embrace this language of english get into the roots of it understand the spells of it and where words are starting are like forging rivers of meaning under in the under context of what we comprehend but may have been playing a role in animating what we say so that once we start calling forth songs from our soul both we can trust the emergent medicine of just being in creative process and allowing our subconscious to reveal what it wants and also start to inform and like participate in the process of like oh how by studying my language more can i understand the impact of some of these original meanings and then and draw from the the consciousness of the of like the ancestors who are meaning that you know and then in, in imbue that in the message and and i think it, yeah so we'll be playing a little bit with with that yeah that's it's definitely like you're kind of touching on some aspects of kabbalism between the upper supernals and the lower uh the lower sephirah where it meets in the middle at tifereth where you have 
the mental concept of us trying to understand something with the emotional concept of something that is actually, you know, portrayed or understood uh, physically. So as you're talking about this too, I'm starting to kind of picture the the whole idea of social appropriation or cultural appropriation, which we kind of touched on. And, you know, especially if we grow up in America, our context, you know, the Native Americans or the first peoples that were here, we don't really have a connection with that. We may have some connection with something that has come from our family heritage in the background. And, you know, for, when it comes to this spiritual thirst that I feel like we all have, that we're just craving some type of connection, um, you know, you may find it through uh, yoga, you may find it through Christian mysticism or Christianity. And the, the truth of it is, is that it's, it's all kind of up for grabs, right? Like it, it takes a while for spirit to kind of figure out exactly how to communicate for, uh, through to us. So for you, um, when these things kind of come through, what is, uh, what's the way that it seems to come through most often? Is there a specific lineage that you kind of vibe with most? Uh, well, I... <laughs> it's a big question, full sorry. Basket, <laughs> full basket, full basket, full of magic, right? Yeah. Um, I've always written music and the music has always piqued my curiosity because it, for me, music and sound is a, it's a bridge. It's a bridge into that, which is undefinably holy. Mm -hmm. And it's, and the language is, I think our best bet to try and like relate to each other, both in the mundane life. And then also the like extra, like me in the extra dimensional magic so, so we're trying to we're using whatever we have right and right. Americans don't have this interesting relationship to history and lineage and and these kinds of things depending on what streams we go through so I think for me you know I studied music therapy so I I came from like a lineage of of adapt like trying to build a bridge between mysticism and science and modern philosophy and modern medicine and also like transcendental you know psychology you know like music therapy is trying to be like yeah we can be the bridge and all of these things and like it was it it felt to me like this attempt at modern shamanism and modern druid bartery which i think <laughs> was really cool and so i was naturally drawn to it because i was like oh there's something familiar to my spirit here in, in the arts of music therapy and I think that opened a door for me of like oh the plant like cultures around the planet have been working with music in a and and in a powerful way and language in a magical way um all over the world all, in all different unique ways because of the the emergent spirit of the people and, and the muses of the land but at the at a level it's the same thing and so like how how powerful is a study to define that i i went on to study Taoist mysticism mm -hmm. i really you know it was just like the the path of of natural ease and and synchronicity led me into like a deep immersive study in medical qigong and Taoist mysticism and and understanding the art of mantra and and word magic and speech craft through the lens of chinese medicine which was really cool um because the Taoists have such a they have such a exacting and precise way to work with 
um, drawing sigils and, and, and calling it forth from specific parts of the body when calling for and cultivating specific virtues that are landing in different organ systems and creating harmonization and creating all of this inner resource and well of virtue so that everything spoken then becomes infused with this blessing of all of this cultivation for years, which I thought that was really, it's just such a powerful study. Um, and then after that, I did study Buddhism um, which similarly, same, 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 but different, you know, like very, very different paths of speech, speech craft, um, but seated in some of the same principles. And so those were, were places that I studied uh, and contemplated these kinds of things through the lens of like organized systems of belief and cultivating state awareness and consciousness and developing soul. Um, and then from there, it's just been really like, how can I like find out for me just on a human level, because like I, you know, my ancestry is European, it's kind of Druid based, it's, it's the magic of Italy. And she's like, how can I un take these principles that I've learned that appear occur to me as universal principles and like try and access the direct lineages of my bloodline and then also like transcend like how can I access lineages of star wisdom that I feel like are just informing us of all of this cosmic music and and way of being anyway like what is the natural human design how are we designed as instruments that that prepare voice and sound and intention and imprint image and and magic into the, these things that we say like how how what a blessing and like how can i just access more of this as my as my birthright you know without mm -hmm. necessarily having to go into some um a big ritual about it and how can i use the art of ritual to call forth more of my attention and presence and deliberate essence in mm -hmm. doing yeah i love that so transcending it right so you're not taking it you're mm -hmm. transcending what is already in the, the DNA codes and reaching for those star codes that are also present but that most humans don't know are there or don't even know um, are possible. Mm -hmm. And I, I feel like you were doing that even just speaking because for me, the, the gentle and focused crafting of words that are meticulously edited and curated and blessed and then spoken has come through the Egyptian mysteries. Like that's mm -hmm. where I learned that that's what you're supposed to do was with Hathor and with um, Mary Magdalene and all of them and like how it was coming down that way. And to hear that that's what you do in Tibetan Buddhism, it's like clearly someone figured this out a very long time ago and was trying <laughs> to remember it. <laughs> but it's it makes me um, want to sing more. Like I'll chant Sanskrit, I will hum while I cook because I know that I'm blessing. If I'm watering my plants, I always sing them a song because I feel like they like it more. Um, and to have like the words with the water going in mm -hmm. and having um, the, the hermetic principle of vibration in my mind mm -hmm. of everything moves, everything vibrates, everything has this kind of signature pattern and that's what sound does, right? The sound that's coming 
bouncing back at me into my headphones and it's bouncing at you out of the speakers it's it's affecting our bodies in a certain way to hear like oh we're we're talking to each other we're present we're not alone and that connection is um helpful when breaking the illusion of what's going on <laughs> in the world so i i feel like um it would be interesting to know how when you're doing your academy because you also have rose lineage in there um like what what's the bridge with that what's the because you said womb container so if somebody was like should i do courting the muse or should i go this way and do this rose academy well the <clears throat> courting the muse is happening in, in in november so if you want like if you want to do it, that's the portal that we hang out in. For sure, one hundred. They should do both. <laughs> Either way, but what what would be like the like? Yeah. So like when I'm, uh, all the women's womb work, it it we get into creative process certainly, and we and we work with creative process as the mirror to do all of this, um healing work around the mother and our birth stories and sex and it's like it's deliberate through these rites of passage and gateways of of, of <clears throat> women's blood initiations so uh for the for the folks who bleed and want to go uh, integrate and understand that at a deeper ceremonial level and want to work with the voice and song as a way to uh, I'm going to say like encapsulate the learning and the transformation um, and lean into it because there, there's such a braiding between our, our womb stories and the stories of our of our lineage and birth and how we birth voice and, and our muse into the world that that's that's like a deep kind of very alchemical chamber we get into the like the, the nitty gritty and it's more intimate. Um, <clears throat> courting the muse is it's it it's portal into imagination and we're still we're, we're working with soul and experience in a different way whereas like that's somatic and and specifically looking through the doors of the womb this one is looking through some different doors but we're still working on personal development cultivation soul imagination working with like how can i access the images that are within me that relate to the, my experience and that can work with myth as a way to learn, as a way to grow, as a way to understand more of like my unconscious. Um, and so yeah, same, same, but different. One is lady intensive deep dive. One is like magical sparkle. Everyone's included both highly fruitful and that and fun. Um, I'd say courting the muse is going to be more light. It's going to be lighter in terms of we're going to be playing and having fun. This one we're stirring the witch pot and being like, what's in there? Oh, oh, found this thing in the womb. Okay, here we go. It's just a different flavor. <laughs> <laughs> I love that image. Like, let's open the doorway to imagination. I'm stirring the witch's brew. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I was like, I want to give Jeremy a chance to ask, but real quick, with the sapphire yeah. work were you because you were bringing in a lot of really beautiful 
I felt like cosmic and celestial energy. Mm-hmm. Do you relate to star seeds and that idea? And do you have like specific star seed lineages that you are very drawn to or connected You know, I do I do relate to star seed um the qualities of energy when i hear the word starseed i re- i get really lit up and i do have moments where i i have i drift into multi-dimensional fantasy land where i like imagine myself in these lemurian and atlantean worlds and i'm like are these memories are these fantasies who cares they're mine and i enjoy that and i really it's i think it's great fodder and do will I ever know in this lifetime of any of it's true? I don't care. You know, I used to be really convinced, and I had a lot, a high, higher degree of conviction that, in order for my experience to be meaningful, that it had to be true. Um, and I have such since really released the need for any of it to be um, a fixed thing. Cause what I know to be true about the nature of reality is that none of it's fixed. It's all empty and it's all like cosmic arising based on percep perception and it's always changing. So I love the Lemurian frequency range. I have like songs from Sapphire that definitely were, were hanging out at the, in the underworld Atlantean realms. And I think like being a sound healer and being someone who's really connected to the power of sound and the power of sound and light and frequency in order to build worlds and destroy worlds. I think I relate to some of the karmic mythology that some of the collective under unconscious mythos that I've, I've hung out with a lot of folks that are like, oh yeah, this whole like Atlantean destruction, whole the Lemurian destruction in my soul. I'm just like, yeah, I fucking relate. That shit was gnarly. And then a part of me is just like, I'm like, oh yeah, like we've, you know, we've lived countless lives with countless rising and fallings of, of um, empires and and I think we're like, there's there's like a mystic crew that are huddling inside of the, the word Lemuria, the word Atlanteus. And like with any kind of like higher archetypal beings, like these words create containers for people to go inside of and recall parts of themselves. So the lands in myself with which those words open doorways to uh, help me access great parts of my soul and and reservoirs of resource um i give thanks for and and beyond that i i try not to fixate too too much on it or else i get a little spinny with with the the importance with the self-importance in the stories yeah it's it's there's a fine line uh (laughs) like i mean but from what you're saying too like talking about like mantra science in india is a science they have been studying it and they have been writing things about it for thousands of years and then you get to that point where it's like well history is kind of you know like at least in the past you know whatever couple of hundred years it's been written by a bunch of white dudes and wigs for the most part um maybe not they're maybe they're not always wearing wigs but um, so like that should be a rule if we're ready <laughs> you gotta you gotta put on a wig there's like some like certain special power like this like get your you have wig to powder on. it yeah get your put wig a- on make sure you're dipping in, in this vat of blood not this one <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, was it blessed or cursed? Was it have you have you had it outside all night or have you had it outside in the sun? Um, yeah. So shifting gears, um, no. t- tell me about early childhood <laughs> development and music. <laughs> How can we disrupt all of that indoctrination from the past six thousand years and heal it with music and yeah. to babies? Humor is a good way. You know, I think music. I've I, I've been really exploring two different paths with art, and one of them is like taking old stories and transforming them and speaking that which is only that which we want to see and like perpetuate forward that which we're aligned with, which is real, it's the transformation, it's a real alchemy. There's, and it's a, it's a choice, right? And then there's this other part of the craft, which I also love, which is the, it's the cathartic deep meeting of the, of the raw human, paradoxical wonk fest where you just say the thing that that it's not necessarily the the blessing and it's and there there's a balance in this because as 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 sound healers as wordsmiths we're like no you gotta always say the thing that you want but as a songwriter who loves the theater and who under who really is riveted by the theater of the soul and the drama and like going through the experience of the drama and then coming through the other side but but getting to have an experience to like emote the 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 terror and the the fuckery you know like there's just the the bad news and have a place for that to get to just to put it all on the table fearlessly knowing that that is a a step in the process of it transforming that like we can't transform it unless it's been fully named like the demon who is not named accurately cannot be cast out and so there's this uh dynamic wrestle I feel like just even within my own self as an artist like do I name the demon as it was being purified inside of my psyche or do I only let people in on the the glorious aftermath yeah I mean again this is it's a completely different conversation but like if you're from my background and the stuff that I've recently really been obsessed with when it comes to um the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn and a lot of like angelic energetics from uh, planetary energies to star energies. Like you, the only way to really access the full energetic is to name the spirit that goes along with the angelic energy, right? Like you've got to be able to know that there's, there's two sides of the coin. You're going to have shadow and you're going to have light. And if you're only focusing on the light, yeah, I would rather work the right side of the, uh, or the left side of the path, you know, or, um, well, again, we start to kind of get in the crossover between Hinduism and then you get into uh, Kabbalism. Yeah, so I know exactly. So, so I mean, the the point is, you have to be able to uh, embrace, embrace, and appreciate both sides of it, and know that it's really up to you about which side you're going to take. That's the that's the aspect of free will that we have when it comes mm-hmm. to our spiritual path, right? Mm-hmm. Like you can. You can get distracted by all the shiny baubles and everything else that's here and present for us to experience in this three-dimensional space that we're in. 
But when it comes down to it and you decide that you're going to do the work, then you choose a path and you're going to walk on that side of the path, right? So, but that doesn't mean that the other side of the path doesn't exist. You're just going to say, this is the other aspect of it. We're, we're aware of the fact that it's there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah and, and how powerful is it as a, as a word magician to be able to so clearly name the thing that we are decidedly not participating in? Right. Uh, and even if we have, and like, I, I find that to be really one of the lineages of, of sound alchemy that I've also studied when it's really modern. It's just compassionate communication, you know, mm-hmm. nonviolent communication, compassionate communication. And there is this really potency. And I bring this in because it's about this path, this cho- choosing the path. Uh, in that body of work, there's a real development of the art of being able to na- tell the story that we're telling ourselves in full ch- in the full the full drama of it without believing that it's true mm-hmm. and I think that that's been such a, a beautiful gift because it's like I'm not trying to make it not true I'm just saying this is the story. This is the image that my mind is showing me that I'm wanting to identify with. You know, this is what's arising based on sensation, based on like inner struggle, based on reactivity. This is the story. This is all the make wrong and the criticism and the blame and the hate that I'm I'm stirring up here right. <laughs> as a well, way. It's- to- to, to to create sense to make meaning as we're all we're theater going, you yeah. go ahead i was gonna say as we're all theater practitioners too there are certain okay. aspects of us wanting to like you have to ignore the strings right you have to know that i'm gonna i'm going to elicit this emotion from myself and from the audience and i have to ignore the fact that the wall is you know plywood and that the sconces that are attached to it are run off of you know battery powered lights like it's the same way when it comes to our reality as well like you have to there has to be some um uh what is it suspension of disbelief right so i love that and understanding the theater of it it's like oh this is the theater of my mind this is Mm -hmm. the story that's the movie that's running in there right now yeah. These are the characters. This is the character I put you in because you just mm-hmm. look so good in that costume. <laughs> <laughs> he does. He will play that role perfectly. <laughs> I feel like I see this so clearly with our kiddos. Mm-hmm. Um, like, what's the story they're telling themselves? What's the story they're trying to tell us? And then how can we dismantle all of those stories to get to the core of what the real issue is? Like when one of them is on the floor and kicking and screaming because he wanted four pancakes, not three, even though they haven't come off the skillet yet, but he didn't want the plate until all four were there. Um, and I say, more, more is coming. Please trust me, right? I'm the universe. I'm going to give you more. I promise there's no shortage. Like I can keep stirring and baking and giving it to you and, and you can just sit here and I'll keep, you have to trust me. You can't throw a fit that this wasn't enough yet. And I was like, oh, oh, that's my lesson. <laughs> that's me every single day. <laughs> I'm kicking and screaming because it wasn't enough, except I have everything. And it's all coming Oh, that is a great mirror. Oh, little kiddos, their Jedi ways. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're, they're like live-in Zen masters, right? <laughs> Just 
in, in a perpetual state of theater, demonstrating all of the flaws of the parents in these tiny little bodies that can't contain the amount of emotion that is passing through them. And so then they erupt into these huge festivals of showy, glistening, kind of raw, pure hatred. <laughs> Where is this coming from? You're so tiny. Why do you say you hate me? Our chakras have to develop over time, okay? It's not all it's not all one you gotta figure out how to, to regulate the energetics. So yeah. it takes time. That's hilarious. I love I love that study. What That's why your song Feelings is so perfect because it just keeps coming back over and over again that we've all got these feelings and it happened at our co-op preschool, um, where the youngest member of the tribe, who is almost two and the oldest member of the tribe, who is uh, seven and a half, had a tizzy because he was building a lean-to because he wanted to create a structure for them to play in. And she opened her arms wide and went running <laughs> and took the whole thing down in one go because um, she's magical that way. And she just stood there in the midst of the wreckage like, but this is, this is why you built it, right? It's for me to knock it down. And his face just collapsed and he's just weeping and we're like we can help you build it again he goes she doesn't understand and we all say yeah oh that's how everybody else in the world is right now we're like no we're destroying this because it's not working and they're freaking out oh they don't understand mm. <sighs> it's just this, all the moms kind of settled into a we will hug you all because we can't hug everybody else who's freaking out right now that the world is falling apart. And that's so much of mind of, of word magic, I think, in general, like mantra magic is like having inner inner mantras that keep the the river and access to resource going strong internally, right? Like one of the mantra, the mantras, right? What am I telling myself? What do I need? You know, what am I feeling? What do I need? Uh, do I need a nap? That's a good mantra. <laughs> Just these like those simple mantras are like, what can connect me back to source as soon as possible? My source, the source. So that when the chaos of unintegrated, acquired, upset, and social trance indoctrinated wonk fest and all of these little language cues that we've been hearing for the last six months for example start popping off we're like oh that that river's popping off again okay well, those 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 scripts are operating again in the field like you know and they're they have now created all of these uh anger points into my own nervous system that activate fear and upset and like, you know, uncertainty and like deep, deep uh, existential feelings, right? Like how do we continue to use music, mantra and, and music and magic so that we're like, okay, wait, we don't have to consent to take the ride that all of those word thought form image thought forms are spinning out into we can hold them they're like it's it's a story there's lots of stories happening beneath them there are a lot of needs there's a lot of longings and and it's part of the reality it's part of my reality i'm not getting away from it <laughs> it's not happening <laughs> 
in the, the mandala, but how do I consciously participate um, as a resource being in contributing to the story? What And what of my own life force energy am I going to consensually contribute? And how can I bring myself back into my own sphere when I, if I realize that I've been pulled out of my center by participating in a hologram that is infused with other people's projections of upset and fear. I think that's one of the, the things that's really empowering too, is knowing what you like. And it's, re- it's, been a, a, it's been a lesson for me throughout all of this craziness where you, I realize that you have to spend a quarter of the amount of time that you're talking to somebody talking about, well, what's your response to this whole COVID thing? And it's like, I don't want to have this fucking conversation. I don't want to think about it or talk about it. Just keep your mask on if you want to do that. And just, let's just talk about other things. Can I talk about the stuff that I like? Do you want to talk about magic? Can I bore you with me talking about angelic names? <laughs> because that, that's what I want to discuss. That's what I want to, I want to spend my time doing. And this happens when it comes through with politics or, or any of the, you know, any of the other things that you're supposed to have an opinion about that somebody's going to ask you and you have to, you have to have a response where it's kind of like, I want to be super Zen and Buddhist in that, in, in those moments where I'm just kind of like, uh, that's not really important right now. (laughs) You know, it's like the, the Buddha talking about, uh, or the Dalai Lama talking about the, um, you know, you get shot by an arrow and then you're starting to ask questions like, well, what was the wood made of? And like, who shot the arrow? Where's the guy who shot me? Where was, where was he raised? Like, what kind of background does he have in archery? Like, none of that stuff's important. You're dying. So let's worry about trying to get your soul aligned and not worry about who the fuck you're voting for in November. Like, make your decision and then get past it. We don't have to discuss it for fucking four years. Like, who's going to be in the, the, the running? It doesn't matter. Make a decision, write it down, and then go off and do your other things. So tangent, anyways. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's interesting, these big spheres of collective thought mm-hmm. and collective like words that we didn't have before, new words mm-hmm. and what they are associated with. And, it, and, and it is, it's occupying so much of the bandwidth because it's we're being imprinted with the words about millions of times hundreds of thousands of times mm-hmm. over and over and over it's be part of this spell you know and it's on like it's that's how things are that's how all things are it's not like i'm not uh, i'm not going to go down the tangents of like intention or unintentional use of spellcraft to co-opt people's minds in, in the cultural trance and, and take a narrative. I'm not going to opt into all of that stuff because I don't have a strong opinion about it. Mm-hmm. But I know that it happens regardless of if it's intentional or not. Like, it's just the way it is. And when, when certain phrases have so much gravity, it's not that the, it's like, how do we hold the gravity mm-hmm. with care? without getting upset, like with, without continuing to reinforce the spell. And I'm, and I'm looking at this within myself because I, I've been recognizing like you and just like, wow, how much of my time have I, and my life force energy has been um, spent on 
contemplating the things inside of these words, these worlds that have been formed in the container of sound and light and language that are now infused with all of this collective imaging, like how much of my time have I participated in an imaging there? Because mm -hmm. it is, it's arising. I mean, it's the most prevalent thing that all of us are navigating. And so how do I, as a word, as an, a magician, an alchemist, as one who greatly desires to stay as congruent as possible and, and as intact to with my own like life force energy as possible. How do I participate in the conversations that are the big conversations that are happening in the, in the collective without, and how do I hold space for the, the, the collective mourning and the gravity and the things that are mine to do without getting lost in it? Because mm -hmm. that's what, what confusion does we, it swirls us out it takes us out and like any and and for so many people who are who don't have their own solid internal landscape of sound alchemy and magic and mantra and resource and congruency it the mantras become these collective mantras and I think that's the power of like the work that you guys are discussing is like, oh, is having agency and activated will and personal sovereignty within the collective hologram rather than just fully um, swimming in the sea of other people's ideas. Mm -hmm. yes, I love that so much because it, it resonates more deeply than just detaching. Right, so many people mm -hmm. who are having these kinds of conversations, um, like I just want to step out of it. I just want to not participate. And I'm like, but then it, you aren't activating everybody else by staying there. Mm -hmm. And like, I feel like that's why we're here on the planet is to be these little, like, matches that are helping set alight the other, like, ones who are turned off right now. They just don't know the possibilities. And if we aren't able to stay whole and individuated and unified within ourselves, um, then I think we do fall prey not only to being swept away by the, the rest of the unconscious, but also by de detaching and not participating anymore. And I think that's just as irresponsible once we're awake, once we're aware enough to do these practices that lead us on this path towards wholeness and unity and feeling like we are fully sovereign and fully human yeah as a as a chronic detacher myself giving a lot of compassion for the the survival strategy that that is because mm -hmm. that's a that's an ad adaptation to trauma that it's not safe to be on the planet. It's not safe to be in the body. If I get all the way in the body, I'm going to be annihilated. Like it's, it's hard, you know? And so the detach for sure, the, the runner, I got a runner in me. I'm a deep, big detacher. And it, it's been really like, I think a, a huge surrender into like, what is the gift of incarnation and what, what, what is asked of me in looking at my core woundology 
so that I can understand at a, the root level what trusting the the design of the universe means, like what trusting that I'm incarnated for a reason, in a body for a reason, and to really crack the code of what is this, what is in my nervous system that doesn't trust life? What is, what am I carrying that is, is holding these keys of deep fear? And I think that's why I love doing all the songwriting and psyche work, because, you know, on the one hand, it's not like escape land, but it's, it's like getting views, mis like, magic and imagination and speak in the language of images and sounds and sensations which speaks to our three or it speaks to our younger parts as a way to really expose our core wounds to ourselves in a way where that they can be held and be like oh this is me like it's safe to explore these parts of me that are that have been trapped and hiding and keeping me disconnected from myself, like having a place to have those conversations with ourselves creatively so that we can be more online. Yeah, it's the, the realizing that fight, flight, and freeze all have uh, a strong, like you said, this, they're all survival instincts, right? It's just that sometimes we're, we're running when we really should be sitting and thinking, or we're, we're sitting in the emotion as opposed to moving through it. Right, so it's trying to figure out exactly what the actual balance is and the the way that it was going to be most beneficial for us to actually grow. Yeah, yeah, and how do we make space for it to like, yeah, to be the process that it is? Because it's like it's, and I think that comes with practice, time, cultivation. Like it's definitely that's where it comes to like the it's the daily bread. Like every day, get to face like another day in this body with the history and the, the mind and, and the sensations and like woo, the woogity ones and and pra and like be in the spiritual gym of all of these uh these are the conditions that are arising and so these these are the conditions for awakening because mm -hmm. that's what's happening and it's like how do we commit how do we commit to that that resolve cultivating the results be like this is the moment that awakening can happen in these conditions where i'm in a less preferred state and things aren't going the way that i would like and whatever you know and just like here it is this is the opportunity <laughs> is this something that within courting the muse you're really hoping to kind of help draw out of a lot of people is i hope so connect? Yeah, I hope I hope with that within courting the muse, we are gonna have an opportunity to be human, be be playful with our humanity, connect to all of the parts of ourselves, even the parts that are are trying to check out, and have a place where they can they can tell their story, they can sing their song, they can they can pick up the pen, and put a note on the on the page of the song of their lives that they're included. Yeah. Just, I want to hold all the pieces. It's like soul retrieval and music put together. Like yeah. Yep. Soul retrieval, music therapy, songwriting. Modern shamanism. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, especially totally. the bardic way. Yeah. Who are some of your um, your teachers and influences? When maybe I mean it could be musical. It could also be just with your your uh, approach to psychology and growth yeah well um with 
I'd say my, you know, my dad, all of my music therapy teachers were mm. so supportive and just me holding the container of me understanding like the art of the context in which music therapy can happen. I think like for me, writing songs and like discovering myself through that mode started cracking open in, in my heart as like a remembrance, but I, I definitely like Helen Dolas really supported me, my, one of my mentors in, in school and college. And then moving on, yeah. Lair, Lama Lair Short, he's been an, a beautiful teacher and mentor, current um, alchemy teacher of mine who talks a lot about um, soul, learning the art of soul retrieval and using mythology to like gauge parts of self and calling them home. And I think just learning soul retrieval in general, like through the Taoist studies and with Dr. Johnson, and then just my own, like I, I just started applying it, you know? And, and I think for me as a songwriter, I was really interested in songwriters who had strange stories to tell because, uh, you know, having like kind of cooking in the idea of like, wow, songs are, are mirrors to self other world collective karma like they're these muses so i really liked writers like anias mitchell and regina specter and andrew bird and like sufjan stevens who just had really strange stories to tell and like really getting into them like and and alanis morris that i think alanis does this in a really powerful way she studies mysticism and meditation and so she her songs have like a an air of approach in her voice that is exploring soul retrieval, which I really like. It's very directly that, which I think is cool because it's just a good way shower for that for me. So these writers into, and then a lot of it has just, it's been personal discovery has been personal, just like following my nose towards the things that I needed for myself to heal and come whole. Thank you for doing the work. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we are at time. Is there anything else that you kind of feel called to share? You tell me an hour already went by. Oh my goodness! Yeah, oh my gosh! We can always do well, this I'm again. smelling. I'm smelling this um, Pohala wild fern, incredible scent that I get from this guy on Maui, and it smells like ferns. It's fifty-four ferns. That all they have these like mystical power, like healing powers, the fern magics, and this to smell this fern oil, it's just this like olfactory healing. And so I think <laughs> I'm just I've been holding it this whole time we've been talking, and yeah. and you know it would be it would be I would have to say that that working with smell like has been a big big help help in in a lot of this practice. I mean it sounds silly. It's just like oh what's what's the secret to like magic and, and mantra and sound and i'm just like it's the what it's what i'm smelling while it's happening you know because like when we were doing sapphire for example we i had different scents that i had for all of the different songs like no joke that were like pulling me into the world you know it's like oh i have to like smell um like i i found an oil that was kind of like petrichor for blood of the stone that like they tried really hard to make it smell like the, the smell of rain on dust and like for the northern lights for stargazer i had like this black spruce that was gathered in the northern lights you know and these and like rose lineage of course the rose so so there's this way that like it became a full i i i in 
I embrace full sensory experiences to make it more powerful and more and put me inside of the world of it. And so I think for folks on this podcast who are like learning to explore like, oh, mantra and music, like I think like at, at, the more you can use everything around you, like um, like image, you know, if you can have, surround yourself with the frequent, the color, you know, just like put the color, like what is the, the quality of the state that you want to experience um, through your practice? You know, can you put things in your environment that remind you of that feeling? Can you get, what's the, what does it smell like? What does it sound like as you're listening to it? What, do, what are the flavors? What does it taste like? You know, I got crystals for all the things. Like I just use as much I call upon all of my elemental friends to help anchor me in the practice. And it just, it creates a whole realm where all of the different parts of me, all of this are working together to create a river of consciousness inside that I can follow and come back into um, easier and easier. And I think that was something that we started talking about in our last time. Yeah. Just kind of bring it, it's like bringing it back because it is that piece of like, oh, how do you, how to call in a big muse, how to call in a big art, how to call in a big prayer, mm-hmm. you know? And it's just mm-hmm. like use all of the, like not use, but part, collaborate with, alongside, ask for support from the many magical guardians that are that are here that are like waiting to be called upon our friends that's been a big lesson for me is i as an air sign and as a very emotional person i spend a lot of time in air and water and if i get a bug in my ass to go do something then i you know will jump up and do it but grounding earth hasn't always been my strong suit and since i've really yeah thanks amy since (laughs) since i have been spending more time uh my partner Lindsay got me a um, a uh, tiger's eye vial necklace, which has been really helpful for me to actually think. I keep it right around my throat chakra, and it helps me to actually think before I say something and to actually put my words together a little better. So, and I can tell definitely when I'm not wearing it. So, I, it's amazing that I have always felt that being outside or being in an altered state is the only way to a mystic experience. And the truth is, it's all magic, right? It's all everything is all part of what makes us who we are and the experience that we're currently having in this really detailed video game that we're in. So. I love it. Yes. Well, thank you so much, Maria. This was absolutely lovely. Yay. Thank you so much for having me. I love the, I love mantra and magic. I love you too. It's delightful to be with you today. Thanks, Maria. Okay. okay.